This is Geeks and Jacks. Welcome to Geeks and Jacks, bonus episode number six. Recording August 31st of 2022. This is Ryan Sullivan. Glad to have you listening in. Uh, before getting into this bonus episode, this podcast is on Anchor.fm. You can also find us on Spotify, Radio Public, and Google Podcasts. So I'm down there. Search for Geeks and Jocks. Plenty of content awaits. If I'm being honest, I don't really have a whole lot to go on about for this episode. Definitely talk about the summer as far as movie releases go. Uh, some big flops, some big hits. And honestly, this past weekend's been kind of a bad one altogether. So it might be a while before seeing some other stuff. Uh, talk about my thoughts on Xbox a little bit and the future that might hold for uh, streaming and uh, one or two other things for this episode. There might be some other things I'll bring up too, uh, but see how that goes. So I'm going to start off with gaming a little bit because one of the big things going on is... I mentioned this earlier in another podcast. The end of Games with Gold as a whole for the Xbox 360. And I believe they did get revealed. So, the final games... For Xbox 360 is Thrillville, which that is a roller coaster, yet design your own amusement park. That came out for the original Xbox. There was a sequel that did come out for the 360. And the 360 game is uh, Portal 2. So that's not... The greatest duo to finish up on the 360, but it's not the worst thing on the on the planet. Actually, Portal 2 sounds kind of funny to be the last game ever for uh, 360's uh, Games with Gold. Nine plus years and many titles. And I believe it was mentioned earlier about like what they could legally put on the uh, on the system and agreements and multiple other things. Feels bittersweet a little bit. I would have thought, as I said I think at some point earlier in the year should have gotten to 10 years but as time keeps going on more and more online stuff gets shut down and you know it's it is what it is now 
Ubisoft is removing a number of games online capabilities. That's kind of a given. So some of their titles include and I believe this is for PS3 and 360 games. I'm not sure about PC. Some Tom Clancy games, uh, Rayman Legends, Drivers of San Francisco, a couple Assassin's Creed games, and uh, I think like a Far Cry game or two. But one of the bigger issues, unfortunately, is DLC being removed and not being able to play it for some of those games. And I believe there was a couple Assassin's Creed games that that were on that list. And I think like Far Cry 3 had that issue too. And a couple other th- games, I believe. I don't even think you can access the DLC for Driver San Francisco. And that's not a game you can um, legally buy. Speaking of which, uh, just briefly, I think about it. So there's a series of games called Project Cars. Those games are getting delisted because of track and uh, car licensing, but their online still going to be up for a while. But back to the Ubisoft thing. That's pretty concerning. It's very concerning because... The DLCs, I mean, the fact you can't even access them even after the online gets shut down, that's disappointing. That's hugely disappointing. I mean, for for a game, I mean, you try to keep the DLCs and not lock them after you finish doing your online... I don't know, just, it, it, it feels weird. I'm trying to think of, like, other games that... that had, like, expansion. I think the closest thing I could think of is Shadow of Mordor, but you still have access to a lot of DLCs. So that's pretty bad on Ubisoft's part, and I don't know what's going on behind the scenes... Not sure if I want to know or not. But one of the positives I'll talk about is the Sega Mega Drive Mini. It's going to be released in America and in Europe. And it's got its entire lineup all set. So a ton I mean a ton of games. So, trying to find the list. And it's not going to be in huge supply compared to uh, the original Mini. I think it's due to like parts being hard to parts being hard to find for, for stuff like that, because I think Sega wants to do I think they wanted to do um, what was it? I think I think they 
we're thinking about doing like a Saturn Mini or something. See, some of the notables include Afterburner 2, Alien Soldier, Bonanza Brothers, Desert Strike, uh, Earthform Jim 2, Fatal Fury 2, Golden Axe 2, Herzog's Y, Lightning Force, Midnight Resistance, Outrun, Fantasy Star 2, Populous, Rainbow Islands Extra, Wrist Star, Shining Force 2, Sonic 3D Blast, Streets of Rage 3, Super Street Fighter 2, Revenge of Shinobi, Truxton, Vectorman 2, and Virtual Racing. Those are some of the notables of Genesis games. Now, there aren't a lot of Sega CD games on here, but Echo the Dolphin, Echo Tides of Time, those are generally well-liked. Final Fight CD, that's a well-liked version of the game. Mansion of Hidden Souls, Night Striker, Night Trap, which is uh, pretty interesting. Curious to see what version it'll be. Because I know there was a censored version that came out late in the system's life. It was like a launch game when it came out for the Sega CD. Robo Lust, Sewer Shark, Shining Force CD, Sylphid, Sonic CD, and the Ninja Warriors. Now it's also got some bonus games. Two unreleased games, five ports, which include Fantasy Zone, Space Harrier 2. Now, let's explain that for a second. From what I understand, looking at the info, um, Space Harrier 2, if, if it had better scaling. Uh, what else they got? Spatter, Super Locomotive, and Poyo Poyo Sun. Yeah, semiconductor shortage, according to Polygon.com. And it will be about $100, but shipping, you're going to be paying about 120 plus. So, I've seen a lot of people get disappointed at the Sega CD offerings. I mean, there isn't a lot of titles Sega can pick from that they can legally put on their system. There just isn't a lot. I think some people are disappointed that they're not getting some of the RPG games on there. I think people were clamoring up to have say, I don't know, Snatcher. Which a number of those games go for a lot and they're but the question I have probably comes down to emulation issues and I don't know whether or not these games could have been gotten legally. I think the translation guy for uh, for some of the RPGs didn't want any of the flat fee money from what I understand supposedly. But, thankfully, I mean, if, if people want to play those games, they're on the Japanese mini, so I don't think it's... I don't think it's going to be a he- headache, really. I mean, there's reasons... There's reasons to have... multiple minis, I guess. 
So, yeah. Moving on, going to the movies. It's hard to really look at this summer and gauge it from an honest perspective. So, let's head on on to Box Office Mojo. Because I know this weekend was pretty disappointing. The fact that the invitation this weekend made just about seven million. Seven million. And this is coming off a week prior with the surprise number one movie being Dragon Ball Super Superhero, which made about twenty million. So it's a romantic vampire thriller, the invitation from what I understand, according to the site, worst weekend since 03 for a number one movie. The the 03 movie was Dickie Roberts, former child star. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, top movies. Movies. So, going to take a look at the numbers all together. Obviously, Top Gun Maverick's still leading the way, and it's not too far from $700 million. The likelihood of it reaching it could be there. It's just how much more of legs does it have before it's pulled out of theaters. The fact that it made almost $5 million says something. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, that was a huge hit. Jurassic World Dominion, See how well that did all together, because it made almost a billion. Though it's probably slowed down dramatically now. Probably not even making any money. I'm trying to find like the 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 summer releases. So Minions: Rise of Gru. This is the kids' movie a lot of people wanted to see, and for obvious reason. As usual, Illumination finding its way through success with decent budgets and in a franchise that has been pretty strong over the course of 12 years. This was supposed to come out a couple of years ago, but I'm sure the wait was worth it. Thor Love and Thunder. This has got to be disappointing for Disney. And while not a panned movie, I think its reception was in the 70s, which 70s is typically good, but I think for it being a Marvel property, I think just people getting tired of Thor to some extent, even... I was listening to like reception videos of the of the film and even some of the people that liked it were not pleased with the direction it was going. So seven hundred and forty seven million. That's not necessarily bad, but with a budget of over two hundred and fifty million and being hyped up so much online and on TV 
if this made a profit, it must have been very, very small. I don't know what to tell on that, but it's just hugely disappointing. Elvis actually did pretty well. It if it makes to 150 million, I mean that's. I mean it'll be cool, but still the fact that it's a hit says something considering Elvis. This guy in real life was from the 50s through 70s and you know the mystique surrounding his death and whether he is alive or not I mean sure but the fact that it did really well I mean people like music music type stuff and I think it's interesting to see the perspective of what it was like back in the 50s and 60s so, one of the biggest disappointments was Lightyear. I think the people making it, I think I'm inclined to believe a ton of the problems associated with this movie. I mean, the fact you have no Tim Allen, not even for like a cameo, and Allen opened up, in, on multiple websites about his feelings on the movie. He just doesn't like that it's a different crew compared to the Toy Story movies. And the critics, even the ones that kind of liked it, were like, this is not a movie that gives a reason for Andy to want the toy. It just seemed like it had an identity crisis. And the fact that it was banned in several countries for trying to have a political statement, even if it was very brief, I mean, sorry. Uh, This has got to be probably the biggest disappointment of 2022. Just to look at the total numbers altogether 226 million worldwide 118 domestic 107 plus internationally and this was a 200 million dollar budget Disney is one of those companies that thinks 200 plus million dollar budgets is still a fashionable thing when that's not the case the the Minions movie I'm just going to look that up I want to look up the budget for Minions uh, Rise of Gru again. I really want to look into it. Minions Rise of Gru budget. $80 million. I don't think Illumination has reached $100 million at any point. 74 million for the first minions. First Despicable Me was just below 70. 80. Actually, the Super Pets movie from Warner Brothers, 90 million. That's that's actually really good. That's a, that that is very good. I actually, see where Super Pets is. So, 74 million for that movie. That's doing okay, but. 
Bullet Train's doing decent in the theater. So whether it reaches its $90 million budget or not, I don't know. Uh, nope. Doing pretty decent. $117 million domestically. I think... I think the appeal of Jordan Peele is... Dwindling a little bit. But it could also be a factor of all these horror movies coming out the last couple of years. And just everything going downhill. I think for all these superhero, not superhero, um, horror movies coming out, Hollywood's butt. It'll be funny just thinking now that Dragon Ball Super, it's going to surpass the Bob's Burgers movie. That's got to be pretty disappointing for for Disney altogether. $31 million for for Bob's Burgers. If they, I can't believe they were thinking this movie was going to catch on when the show isn't even that popular to begin with. And by that, I mean not enough people, I think... It has a fan base, but I don't think its fan base is as big as they were thinking. I mean, there's some other movies out as well that have been disappointing, too. Um, well, I'm just looking at some for a brief second. Uh, where Where is it? Beast, not doing all that great. Uh, Pause of Fury was a huge disappointment. I mean, Easter Sunday, just trying to find, like, even Firestarter, that movie didn't even make $10 million. And so far, this Invitation movie ain't going to do well either. I mean, a lot, of the, a lot of the success comes from, from, obviously, Jurassic, like, over 2.3, 2.4 million, a billion, excuse me. Actually, over 3 billion comes from from uh, Top Gun, Jurassic World, and Doctor Strange. Actually, you know what? Add up almost 5 billion from Batman and, and Minions. I wonder how much altogether yeah over 5 billion so obviously the the increase has been going up tremendously since the pandemic began two and a half years ago just looking at averages I mean one of the best averages since 2000 since at least 2002 actually you know what take it back 2010 no 2009 people have been wanting to go see movies they want to go back and see the movies look at like the best average for high grosses 98 
primarily probably like Titanic and some other movies like something about Mary saving Private Ryan like people actually wanted to see movies 22 well then again looking at the numbers 300 plus movies 200 plus you know blah 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 yeah the number of issues for movies coming out in theaters and all the indie stuff coming out and yeah. See what's on the horizon. I don't know why you would want to do a reissue of Spider-Man No Way Home. The movie did really well. Is this just Disney's way of just trying to get back at at Paramount or something? If that's the case, it's stupid. Oof. Couple um, uh, alterations to movie releases, which includes Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and Aquaman: Lost Kingdom. You talk about a disaster for for a movie set. How about all those DC movies? I mean, the Flash with the Ezra Miller guy getting arrested and crimes against him, and all this mental issue beat bogus stuff it's like this guy's crazy and i think he definitely hurt his chances of being the the flash i think he i think he might have just i think he might have gotten fired but definitely have to double check on that he makes himself look really really bad and who knows what's going on with the Aquaman thing? I think uh, I think the Batgirl movie got canned for both streaming and theaters. So the future of DC Comics is in a weird spot because they have a Joker two coming out, and they confirmed Harley Quinn going to be played by Lady Gaga. It's going to be like a musical film. It's an interesting duo, Joaquin Phoenix and, and Gaga. But Gaga has been doing her fair share of movies recently in the last four or five years. There's that Star is Born movie that she did with Bradley Cooper that did really well. She did that, was it Gucci, I think? That movie didn't do all that great. trying to think of like other movies but let's take a look at some stuff that's coming out uh, as far as big name movies honk for jesus save your soul okay that's (laughs) oh my goodness it's a church comedy i think or church comedy drama Ooh, Jaws getting a re-release, uh, limited re-release on Friday. So, September, hmm, Brahmastra Part 1 at September 9th, Story of Shiva, that looks like a weird movie, and Medieval, Come on. 
15th century Zizek icon warlord John Ziska defeated armies of the Teutonic Order in the Holy Roman Empire. Hmm. That doesn't sound too bad of a movie. Competing against Barbarian. Saying an Airbnb discovers uh, another horror movie. Oh, is this the is this the Zack Kreger film? Let's just take a look at that for a second. Barbarian. Yep, it's the Kreger film. The whitest kids you know guy. Writing and directing it. So that'll be that'll be interesting. Actually kinda nice to see one of those guys, you know, try and do other stuff. Especially with uh, Trevor Moore passing away last year. Don't see really a lot of other movies being out. And the next closest thing is mid-September. Uh, for for wide releases, God's Country. Looks like a suspenseful film. I don't know. But a lot of limited releases um, for the next two weeks. So, it's going to be interesting to see where uh, where movie performances go. And speaking of what I mentioned with uh, the Batgirl stuff, the streaming of HBO Max, there's been a lot of stuff going on, and... This comes down to the fact that Warner Brothers had a huge debt. From looking up the info on multiple websites, $55 billion in debt. And they're trying to cut as much fat as they can. And I think a number of stuff getting removed from streaming services and like a bunch of other stuff... I think it's President is a guy who has been involved in television for a long time, though it's been a lot of a lot of reality based shows. I'm trying to figure out how you say his last name. David Saslov Saslov? So, trying to trying to uh, save as much as he can, and he's in his sixties. He's yeah, president of Warner Brothers Discovery. Usually, not a. Yahoo person, but I just want to look at it for a pretty second. Oh, it's a video thing. I hate when they do that. I don't know what it's it's but the way they're trying to shape things up over at Warner Discovery, I mean they're trying to do a lot of things. But probably the biggest thing doesn't have to do with the streaming service but I think 
trying to shape up CNN. And one of their big things that they did was get rid of Brian Stelter, who's pretty controversial. And I think, I think what these guys are going for is trying to get back to where CNN was back when it was brand new back in the 80s. They're trying to go back to fair reporting and balance of talking both political sides without having huge bias and I think that's one of the other things as well with what they're trying to do with anything that is like political shows whether it's serious or not because TBS it was like back in July they they were in the midst of cleaning out shows that either were finishing or they try to cut due to like budgetary stuff or uh, getting rid of Full Frontal with Samantha B, which is a political comedy show. And the way I see it, I could see them at Warner Discovery thinking, okay, it's there's a point to being funny, but the way she approaches stuff, not so good. And she's she's in that John Stewart mold of those type of people. And you know there's going to be some heavy bias and some other stuff. And probably why they got rid of Stelter too for CNN. Try to clean up the image of CNN. Although they are keeping a couple people for the time being. But definitely sounds like a probationary period uh, as far as... Don Lemon and uh, Jim Acosta. So, I think I think what's happening is a lot of these people's jobs are on the line. Doesn't matter if you're on camera or behind the scenes. It tells me that that this network is going under drastic changes. Drastic changes. And even the streaming, like I said, it's there's questions on whether it's going to be merging or not. I don't know. It just, it's just a bad spot. A lot of stuff getting canned. And... I, I don't know how to put it. So... Looking at something from an Mashable art article. By summer 2023, HBO Max and Discovery Plus will merge into a new streaming service that doesn't yet have a name, or rather importantly, a subscription uh, price. 20 bucks potentially could be a risky play. Pretty expensive. Like HBO Max is pretty expensive in itself. It's just a matter of when things will get back and when they've when these when the stuff becomes more solid. Yeah. So lastly talk about some sports. 
NASCAR, their playoffs picture is set. And that comes after some wins for uh, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, who already punched their ticket into the playoffs. But Austin Dillon winning at Daytona uh, for the Coke Zero Sugar 400, punching his ticket into the playoffs. Trying to look at some other standings for the time being. Because regular season champion is Elliott. Playoff standings. So here's the list. Chase Elliott, number one. Joey Logano, second. Ross Chastain, third. Kyle Larson, fourth. William Byron, fifth. Denny Hamlin, sixth. Ryan Blaney, seventh. Tyler Reddick, eighth. Kevin Harvick, who had some pretty big wins over the last month, is now up to 60 wins for the year. He's ninth. Christopher Bell, 10th. Uh, I'm trying to figure out just very briefly. Uh, Kyle Busch, 11th. Chase Briscoe, 12th. Daniel Suarez, 13th. Austin Sindrick, 14th. Alex Bowman, 15th. And Austin Dillon, 16th. Martin Truex, barely missed. Some of the other notable standings include Bubba Wallace at 20th, Kurt Busch 23rd, Ricky Stenhouse 24th, Michael McDowell 26th, Harrison Burton 27th, Brad Kozlowski 28th, and yeah. That's got to be like a huge disappointing year for uh, for Kozlowski. You know, just thinking that is there a curse on the six car or something? Six car hasn't really had any success since what Mark Martin. I mean, think about it. I mean, Martin was one of the best drivers. You know, when you think about it for for a period from like the late '80s up until the early 2000s. When you think about it, the 90s, I mean, Earnhardt, Rusty Wallace, Terry Labonte, early on Bill Elliott, and later on Jeff Gordon, later on Dale Jarrett, uh, some success from the Labonte brothers. It's just... Martin knew how to drive the six car with such ease and knew how to handle the Roush equipment. It's just, I don't know, when I think six car, I, I think Mark Martin. I think of his Valvoline car for the most part. But anyway, uh, it just seems like there's a curse on there all the time. But pretty cool of seeing some of these drivers reach some milestones. The fact that Harvick reached 60 wins in the Cup Series, that that's special. I mean, for a guy that became the replacement following uh, Earnhardt's death, Dale, Dale Sr.'s death in 01, he's carved a career of his own. Sure, it's not as many championships compared to others, but the fact that he's been on a tear for the last six Six years, maybe five. 
he has been better with, I think, the Stuart Haas equipment that that they have to offer. And obviously the big question that seems to be parading people's minds is Kyle Busch. Where does he go? If it's possible that even uh, Joe Gibbs can keep him. And it's a matter of can does he go to another team? Will there be a sponsor that will be happy to be sponsoring with, with Bush? I mean, this guy ain't Ain't stopping. He, I, he'll definitely keep racing. On the other hand, it's probably a little concerning looking at his brother Kurt, who has concussions issues, and it's been a problem for about three, four weeks, maybe a little longer. And it, it, it tells you just, you know, it, it's still a dangerous sport, even with no deaths on the track for the Cup Series since 01, it's still a sport where you can get hurt really badly. And, I mean, think about Dale Jr. Now I think about it, imagine the health of him if he didn't have the concussion issues. Like a wild story out, just briefly now I think about it, Tons of concussions for uh, former NFL quarterback Brett Favre when he was playing for 20-plus years. If that's to be true, then that's a scary thought of he may not be right in the head from playing all those years and getting sacked and everything. Especially with the health of players being a huge concern all around for all sports. It affects your mentality when when driving. And you need to be in in a good state of mind to go 180, 190 miles an hour. At least that's what I think, and I'm sure many others might might think that too. (laughs) One of the great positives that I'll talk about is potentially the minor league's of Major League Baseball getting unionized. MLB, PA, Minor League Union. Unionizing Minor League. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and this is what channel? This is uh, KCEN TV. I think a lot of these guys are definitely going to sign on to have a union. I think it'll happen. Because one of the biggest problems... One of the biggest problems is... Yeah, the, the, the money. Looking at uh, some info on this KCEN TV... Five hundred, six hundred dollars a week. Man, not getting paid and just all this other stuff. 
that was like one of the big stories that I was thinking about a while ago uh, regarding the LA Angels farm system. A number of players in that farm system retiring because of just not being able to live like a baseball player and be able to be healthy to play baseball. I mean, these guys don't get paid a lot, and the season is a bit shorter. I mean, so let's go from April to September. That's four months. April, May, five months. My apologies. So 20 weeks. You'd be lucky to even get to $10,000. That's not a lot of money. That's... That that really is low, and I don't I don't think some players reach even ten grand in terms of being paid. Although some incentives do keep some players on certain certain farm systems, I think it'd be cool to see a union for them and be able to be represented a lot more, and I don't know, get paid thirty to fifty grand. I know probably baseball owners won't like it, but at some point, uh, you know, the their their way of living is not healthy. What if one of them gets sick and someone and it spreads all around? What if their diet isn't what it's supposed to be? And what if what if their health? They can't afford certain things to heal. I think it's I think it's cool to see it, especially if they're going to be spending two three years in the minor league system, hoping to be on a major league uh, lineup at the age of twenty four. I don't know, but the race for the playoffs is getting there, and the fact that. The Baltimore Orioles have been doing really well since mid-May. It's pretty, pretty cool story. And it tells you that this team could find themselves in a playoff spot sooner than later. Maybe not this year, but they've been on a good run, 67-61. and 61. And interesting uh, baseball competition in the East with the Yankees leading the way, though they've been struggling a lot over the last three, four weeks. The Central is pretty much a choke. Chicago declining really badly. I have a feeling Tony Russo is going to be gone very, very soon. Uh, Guardians... Leading the way, Minnesota not too far behind. Obviously, Houston, the de facto team in the West. The Mariners holding a playoff spot right now is actually nice to see. Especially for a team that has only seen the playoffs four times and hasn't been to the playoffs since 01. It's going to be tight between the Mets and the Braves. The Mets... Having a winning season this year, but they've been struggling a little bit lately. Braves have been struggling a little bit too, and I believe they had some injury scares again. And that knee injury of Ronald Acuna 
could be could be problematic. Philadelphia is actually having a pretty good year themselves, and really the firing of Joe Girardi has helped a bit. Getting Bryce Harper back will definitely impact how they are in the playoffs. And of course, the worst team in baseball, Washington Nationals. I swear, it's they're basically the equivalency of the LA Angels right now. Except the Angels have had success at, at different periods of time during the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and 2000s. St. Louis leading the way in the Central. Albert Pujols is actually nearing 700 home runs, and I think fans, and I think maybe even the team would want to see him reach that number. It's only been done, I think, four times. Hank Aaron, Barry Bonds, Babe Ruth. I want to say Alex Rodriguez or Sammy Sosa, I forget. Milwaukee struggling a little bit. They're at least four and a half games behind uh, San Diego for the for a spot there. Dodgers, obviously, best team in baseball right now. They're the only team that has like that good of a winning streak in the in the National League. Tampa's been on a tear recently. No team has looked all that good, if I'm being honest. A lot of six and fours, five and fives, four and six over the last ten games. It's got to be like draining a lot of these guys. The playoffs will definitely be interesting. <laughs> Not a lot of football stuff to talk about. I mean, it's preseason and. Season starts next week. Can't wait to see what what is in stock for uh, for week one. Going to be interesting to see how things go. Been doing fantasy football for a good six, seven years. And, I don't know, be hard to choose on what players will uh, stand out amongst the crowd and who could be cursed. Although one of the more interesting stories, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo staying with San Francisco. Thought he'd be like trade bait or something, but no one one picked up on him. Actually, Deshaun Watson, that's the big story I'm thinking of a few weeks ago being suspended 11 games. Initially it was a six game suspension but agreement between him and the NFL uh, 11 games and losing 5 million. So he still claims to be innocent from all the settlements being handled and I'm thinking he did nothing wrong at, at, at the spa he was at but this is going to be a dark cloud over him for the rest of his life. I wouldn't be surprised if someone did get hurt because of him. And the irony out of all this, when he does return, it'll be against Houston. Kind of like how for week one, Carolina Panthers, Baker Mayfield's the starting QB. He's going to face his former team, Cleveland, week one. 
trying to think of like other stuff to that that makes for compelling storylines. Uh, shoulder issues with Matthew Stafford, or like elbow issues, actually. Something similar to like a baseball player, as mentioned in multiple articles. Tom Brady with being on indefinite leave and then coming back. It's just maybe some post-retirement plans that if he would have stuck to being uh, retired or something. (laughs) Uh, And lastly, uh, talk some basketball very briefly. Uh, Retirement of numbers. So, not too long ago, Bill Russell passed away. And he was a pretty important guy for, for basketball. And it's the case of you, you don't write history without talking uh, Russell's history in the NBA. Winning many, many championships. And actually he won championships in college and he won championships after being a player. And that's why Commissioner Adam Silver is deciding to retire the number six forever across the league. I was kind of stunned when my own father liked the idea. I figured he may not have been on board with that, but he liked it because the guy was that good of a defensive player and was a winner all around. Huge winner all around. And I could kind of see where he's coming from. Not in huge support either. But still. (sighs) What I don't agree with is... I guess there's something going on with... With Silver... Trying to get the numbers... 8 and 24... uh, Retired... And some players not some players not liking that. Should look at that just for a brief moment. I can understand the Lakers to a point, but not not really the whole league. Look up Julius Randall, because his name was definitely in there a while ago. Uh, just trying to find Kyrie Irving on on Kobe. Just trying to find the story. Because it was just recent. Not too long ago. But basically. I think it was like him and Julius Randle. Not liking the idea. It's like. I think like Randle. Was going on saying it's too soon. Way too soon. I mean sure Kobe. Bryant was really good. Probably one of the best players ever. But it just seems kind of hollow and shallow. 
And not to mention, I mean, Bryant don't have the type of clean history of a Bill Russell. So, whether if the alleged thing that happened in 03 did happen or not, I mean, that'll, that'll always be up for debate for many people. If I, it, just too soon. It's too soon to retire something like that. I mean, Jackie Robinson, even though he passed away in, what was it, 72? MLB waited until 97, which was about 50 years after after he broke into the league as the first colored player in MLB. I don't know why they don't just wait maybe 30 years from now. Or at least wait until 2046. I mean, let it let this stuff happen naturally. It feels forced. And just too much drama for basketball too, especially with the Nets. Whether anybody can coach Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving going nuts. Not liking Steve Nash. Holy crap. You talk about toxicity. Hate to see how they play this year. Nets have never been a consistent good franchise. They've had spans where they've been really good and spans where they've been really bad. But regardless, it'll make for an interesting season. And with that, that's the last I'll talk about for this episode here. As I said before, this podcast is on Anchor.fm. You can also find us on Spotify, Radio Public, and Google Podcasts. So head on down to those sites. Search for Geeks and Jocks. Plenty of content awaits. So with that, bonus episode number six. This is Ryan Sullivan. Hope to hear your listeners on the next podcast. Stay safe. Stay protected. Take care of yourself. Take care, everyone.